Hello, folks. Welcome back to the RLS podcast. I'll be lying if I knew what episode I'm on. I've recorded a good few podcasts in the past couple of weeks. We're just beginning to collate them, bring them together, and then we're going to release about five or six in a row. So we're here with someone that I've known for quite a long time now. Um, she's one of my longest serving clients. Um, I think we've been working together for almost like almost two years. Um, it probably is as long as that now, which is crazy. Um, she's went on like a, a pretty monumental journey from the from the day that I met her. Um, and honestly, it's like one of them. I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass because you're on the podcast, but you are like <laughs> someone that just operates on such a high level, just does does what needs to be done um, on a weekly basis. Um, and is a good friend now. I'll, I'll say she's a good friend. It doesn't always happen with clients. There's sometimes like a, a bit of a, I'm the coach, you're the client kind of thing, but we're definitely mates now. And that's a pretty cool thing to to have with a client. So it's a decent introduction for you, Rachel. I wasn't yeah, thank uh, you. <laughs> up too much, but um, how are you today? How's things? Oh, I'm good. I'm really good. Thanks for having me again. This is, this is exciting. That's number okay. two. Oh. This is actually number two. Yeah. We did the podcast like, I mean, you're probably talking like a year ago now as well. Um, I actually, I think it was one of the very first episodes. It was probably around about November, December last year. Um, and you know what? We're probably just going to, we're going to speak about some of the, some of the similar things that we're going to speak about that we spoke about, sorry, last, last year. Um, I'm just going to talk about Rachel's journey, like how it's changed since the first podcast and where we're at now. Um, and just a couple of little things I'm, I'm sure people can take away from Rachel, from some of the things that she's been through and some of the things that she's learned um, over, over the years. Um, so Rachel, can you give everyone like a little bit of a background into you, a little bit about what you do, who you are, and what makes you tick? Oh God, this is one of those questions, you know, where your mind goes blank and you think, I don't know who I am. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Rachel, a full-time <clears throat> nine-to-five athlete. Um, I'm a full-time student, social sciences, and I was thinking about this the other day. My fitness journey started five years ago, so there's been so many changes between five years ago, three years ago, even a year ago, and then to now. So, yeah, it's been it's been a lot, but it's been like such a constant for me now, like the health and fitness part of my life that yeah that's just kind of major part of who I am now yeah so yeah. where where did it start like what was the initial idea what was the initial focus why did you go to the gym in the first place like what did you why did you even want to go there there was no idea it was just can I do it what am I actually capable of and I didn't have anything in my head I didn't know about strength training or powerlifting anything like that I just wanted to go and see could I make it through 45 minutes an hour workout and survive it basically and then that slowly progressed into right okay I can do this can I lose weight and then that's just kind of had this effect into right I've lost weight now what can I do and that sort of brought us to where we are now with the powerlifting so yeah it's been quite a change from 2017 yeah for sure would, would you say like your first kind of time you stepped into the gym was, was there any method was there any like 
was there any plan or was it just kind of a case of go in do the things that you felt comfortable with yeah pretty much so I just joined like just the council gym they give you your introduction and you're shown how to use the machines and I would just use the ones that I knew I could use and I would just kind of make it up as I went along and then eventually I thought right I should probably find somebody who can actually teach me about proper training and then that's when I moved away from that got myself a personal trainer and then started into the weight loss side of things um so yeah for a good few months it was just me using YouTube and Google making things up before I thought right you should yeah you need to level up here yeah I think that's an important takeaway for anyone that is just like starting the gym um, sometimes your ego gets in the way and you do then use things like YouTube and you start like kind of just like trying to make up your own workouts and look there's, there's nothing much wrong with that but I think you can literally skip like two to three years of, of absolute nonsense and and just kind of winging it if you just just go and hire someone like it doesn't need to be like the number one personal trainer in in the world like you don't need someone that's going to teach you to perfect every single bit of your form but just get someone to go mm-hmm. tell you how to use all the machines to give you a basic plan and like you just skip like I wish I'd done that when I was younger like there was loads of PTs working at the gym I used to train at when I was like 15 16 but I was like I don't need to use you I'm too good for this like it was almost like I know what I'm doing already but you just need to let your ego take a little bit of a step back sometimes with that stuff yeah I think I was the opposite I never thought I was too good for a personal trainer I thought I am not the kind of person that they want <laughs> which was another it's a really stupid way to think like I am the person that needs their help so I should have just, I, I do, I wish I'd done it from like day one. But no, it was just, it's that intimidation factor, I think. You know, like these these people know what they're doing and I don't yeah. have a clue. And it's just, it, I think it was that level of intimidation mm. that I thought I'm, I'm not going to approach nobody. Yeah, I think that's probably, that's probably coming from the same place from me and you. Like we're both like a little bit insecure, a little bit intimidated by these people. Mm-hmm. And you're maybe just going from a different way. You were like, like oh shit they're not going to want me and I was a bit like oh, I'm too too much of a lad to need to need a personal trainer yeah, need yeah. um but you know what I think we're going we're completely going off like script here I'm going to just go with what comes to my head next and I think it works fine that way but yeah. the thing I was thinking is when you initially wanted to lose some weight mm-hmm. was that because you like a, do- a doctor told you you need to lose weight or was it from somewhere else was there an insecurity was there a health goal where did that first motivation come from to lose weight I'm not even sure it wasn't a health thing like I've never been overweight like a doctor has never told me that I, I need to do anything I think it was just to give myself a goal and it just seemed like such an obvious goal I, yeah. I don't know if that's just coming from like because I'm a woman and that's what we do in the gym like that was yeah. that's always kind of been the the thing that's been like given to us like women you lose weight so because I'd been going and I didn't have a goal it was just nice to right now this is the goal this is what we're going to do now and it just gave me it did give me a bit more structure and it gave me like more of a focus rather than just doing what I felt like doing I now had a purpose for it I get you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I to- yeah. No, I totally get you. And <clears throat> like, I know I obviously know this story, but a lot of other people don't like where, how far did your first kind of 
proper like fat loss weight loss phase go like how hard did you push into that quite hard um it took a while to kind of kickstart it because like I said before I never had like a full package I didn't have somebody telling me um what calories to to adhere to no one was giving me weekly check-ins nobody was keeping me accountable throughout the week I had an hour a week with a trainer and then so it was a lot of confusion and stumbling for me to begin with and then I finally fell into this routine and I was looking back photos of of the weight loss and I thought I don't recognize her anymore like I got small and at the time I didn't feel that which is quite weird mm-hmm. but yeah I think it's yeah. it's always pretty like I I honestly think there is a lot of there's a lot of bad relationships with food and training and mm-hmm. stuff like that and you can develop a bad mindset with dieting by going through that that first initial kind of um uninformed fat loss phase however there is always a positive that can be taken out of that because you know i personally think this as well like if you can go through that first fat loss phase ill-informed not ill-informed but just kind of not having any methods or structure and you can really lose a lot of body fat and you maybe don't enjoy it but there's a learning to be had there like you can develop some resilience you can develop some control with food you can develop some kind of um patterns with eating that help you know like okay if I do this I know I can lose body fat so I think the good thing is now that we are in a place now where we've we've gained for quite a while gotten really really strong and we're doing a fat loss phase again this time around it's like well if I've got the right methods in place and I have a routine and structure with my eating then you know for a fact this time it's going to be easier it's going to be much smoother and you're going to be able to sustain it you're actually maybe going to enjoy it just a little bit probably a little bit more than you did that first one Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Um, I think it's, I I remember just feeling so restricted. And so like my number was so low when I finally got one, it was such a low, low number. And oh my God, it's so sad to think about it. So yeah, I'm quite excited for, for this time. I think you're I mean, I mean, you could maybe, this is maybe overplaying it a little bit, but I think for, for yourself, like obviously in the gym that you train at and for anyone that kind of follows you on social media, like I think it's, and obviously from the last podcast, like I got some feedback from the last podcast as well from some of my other clients where like a lot of them are very much scared to not be dieting. Like it seems to have to be like, I mm. must be dieting on and off all year long because my overall goal is to strive to get skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. But in reality, like it doesn't have to be that way. And you've kind of been absolute proof of that, that you can go the other way. You can gain, you can build muscle and still feel not just really good, like actually probably the best that you've ever felt. Would that be fair to say? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because up until recently, like that part of my life was when I felt most attractive when I was small. And so it's been quite freeing to like let go of that image and be like, well, n- no, you're still attractive. You don't have to be small to feel good about yourself. Like, you know, you don't have abs anymore, but you can squat 100. You know, you don't have a little waist anymore, but you can deadlift 110. You know, let go of that image. And like, you know, you don't know what you're capable of until you just go for it. It's It's, it's been difficult. It's not been 
like an easy transition into right we're not weight loss anymore now we're going for for strength it's it's been a transition but it's been worth it yeah it's been absolutely worth it could you like could you explain obviously from from a male's point of view I have a certain idea of what it might feel like but from like a woman's point of view when you first go through that transition what are some of the voices in your head that are what are they what are they saying to you as you begin to gain weight like what are they trying to tell you oh god there's so many days where you're like we have to stop this now like look at what are you doing like your waistline's not gone but you know when things start filling out and you're going oh no because and I think in my head my little shape was the quote-unquote womanly shape so when that became became a bit fuller I was a bit oh no like now you're not womanly now you're not what the ideal is and there's so and then you've got the other voices that are like shut up like you're totally just being silly right now you're totally fine keep going so yeah it was a bit of a battle between but no no it's too much I can't handle it and like no shut up let's keep going so, but it, yeah, it's a chance that you get there. You yeah, do yeah. get there. I think um, it's something I read a couple of weeks ago as well. I think it was from uh, Michael Jordan's, uh, it's coach, I can't remember his name now. I listened to a full podcast with him. Um, but he basically said like, imagine all the, all the people in the world that are the highest performers, the people that have done best with their lives, the, the people that have some sort of monumental success did any of them try to fit in with the crowd? Did any of them try to follow norms? Did any of them look on Instagram and go, oh, shit, I need to be more like everyone else? No, they went the opposite way around. They were like, you know what? To actually strive to be happy and to be better and to be at the peak of your your performance, like you kind of need to step away from the norms and you need to do something a little bit different. And I think it is definitely getting better within, uh, within like the realms of Instagram and stuff like that. Like we are stepping away now from this like, this strife, this this kind of uh, idea to be everyone to be skinny, like all girls mm-hmm. should be skinny, and this is the look they should be looking for. Like, so I could shout out a couple of people at your gym, like uh, Amy. She's obviously done the exact same thing, and I just remember mm-hmm. you two guys were at a lot of like mine and Marcus's classes, um, mm-hmm. and it was very much at that point. It was like, okay, how can I get abs in this this core class, or how can I? burn yeah. more calories and then you guys have both went for you know what fuck it let's build some muscle and it's the benefits are clear to see a hundred percent she looks phenomenal absolutely yeah. it's the, and the thing is like to put it back to the basic science unless you're in a calorie surplus you can't build muscle like i mean you can in very small like a very small population of untrained mm. people but when you are well trained and when you train very often you need to be in a calorie surplus to build muscle. So if your intention is to get stronger, it's to build glutes, it's to build delts, it's to build quads, whatever it is, surplus is required. So you best get around to believing that you're going to have to do that. Yeah, yeah. So the next question that I've got for you um, is how did you, how, how did your mindset change when it came to, instead of using instead of using weight loss as a goal, you started using strength as a goal. Do you believe that that's like, that's useful for putting that kind of body composition goal on the back burner and not thinking about it so much? Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't, I didn't feel as, 
restricted with it like with weight loss it was like right this is the image and this is how to stick to it and if you fluctuated from like the scale weight it was like the worst day ever but now that it's strength you're always striving for the next level kind of thing so like every week you're like right well last week I I deadlifted this what can I do this week and there's always like thinking ahead to right in six weeks what can I be doing in three months what can I be doing at the end of the year what can I be doing whereas with weight loss it's very it's more linear you're just thinking how am I just going to lose more and there's there's not really much depth to it to be honest but when you're looking at strength and you're looking at right a year ago I was benching this and now I've like double tripled that number and it just keeps going you're not forced into this little box of weight loss it's it's just it's opened up so many more like options and focuses for me absolutely yeah I think it's 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 hard when you kind of all your weekly progress is based on a on a scale like you literally Mm -hmm. wait you step on that you wait for the number to come up and then you either get this like major like dopamine hit from like oh I'm two pounds down yes but then like what happens when you're not two pounds down what happens when you're in a certain um time in your cycle where you're just holding on to more water and you're like three pounds up in reality you've probably done everything you needed to do when it came to when it comes to fat loss but the scale's telling you the thing that you don't want to see therefore you then go into that day say you've weighing yourself at 8 a.m in the morning you go into that day already on a downer because you have not seen what you want to see on the scale and I spoke to so mm-hmm. many clients about this in the past few weeks. Like, okay, what have what have you done? What have you completed? Have you done enough movement? Have you done enough training sessions? Have you got a PB on your squat? The answer to all those things, like you could list about 10 things that are like, yes, positive, but it's this scale weight thing that are like, bah, bah, I've not done that. So yeah, like, what was your relationship with the scale? Was that something that I bothered became, you before? Yeah, I became so attached. I became so attached to that number. Like I'd, I'd give myself a goal and that was it. It didn't matter what was happening in the gym, how I was eating. I had that number on the scale to hit. And actually it was during lockdown, I hit my lowest weight ever. And I'd, I've never been able to hit it again. And for ages that devastated me. I thought, but I did it. Like that's, that was it. That's, I had the goal and I went way below it and I've never been able to get it back. And yeah, for months that, that really bugged me. Yeah. That's an interesting point as well. I think I, I've done it before. Like I rec- used to record my way every summer and used to go, okay, next summer we're getting below that. Mm-hmm. When it's just like, it was just a completely pointless number to be chasing. And I hear so many people when they first come on board to this program, they're like, Oh, I used to be 80 kilograms, so I'm going to try and get to that again. But I'm just like, it's a different year. It's a different scenario. Like, we're not in COVID anymore. Just so many things are different. All the variables are different. Why should we, and especially when it comes to scale weight, why should we focus on, it's always a round number as well, isn't it? Like, it's always yeah. an 80, or it's a yeah. 70, or it's a 75 or something. And I mean, everyone's been guilty of that. But why should we focus on that? Why don't we okay, if we're using scale weight as a metric, why don't we just go, okay, let's keep dropping body fat, dropping weight until we go, actually, you know what? I feel pretty good. Um, it, does, it shouldn't have to be this, this 
like whole number. Um, it's quite frustrating. Um, but the next thing I wanted to ask you, and this is more kind of like training, training related. Um, I'm just going to remind myself of what I was actually going to say now. Um, yeah, when it comes to training, like what what are your goals right now and how have they changed over the past, let's say two years? So I know we obviously went into strength training um, and just for everyone that doesn't know, you're now training for a powerlifting meet at some point. And I just want to kind of obviously reiterate to people as well that training for powerlifting and training to enter one of these things is not just a, a fancy doing this in like a couple of months time. This has been like a year long thing. Like how's that mm-hmm. been for you changing that kind of training focus? It's been amazing. I've learned so much about myself that like I have this resilience I didn't know I had. Like I failed lifts numerous times <laughs> and before I'd let that put me off and I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to attempt that again. But I'm at this point where I'm like, right, you failed it. But no, we go again. We can do this. And watching the numbers come up week on week, month on month has been like just I've shocked myself in a good way so many times. And I wish I'd done it ages ago. Like this whole year has been so life changing for me. And yeah, we're doing this little fat loss phase right now. That's just a vain a vain thing for me but then off the back of that I will it'll just be strength will be the focus that power lift me is still is still the goal and I'm so excited I'm so excited I know I think it's like probably from a coach's point of view it's important to to basically state that I think Rachel and I came up with this like I think initially I could tell the story and I probably told this in the first podcast I think initially when I, I think I suggested to you, like, why don't we just, like, start gaining and start just focusing on strength? I think, I can't remember. Could you remember how that conversation went? I'm actually struggling to remember off the top of my head. I don't remember it exactly. Because I think, for me, maybe strength training has always been, like, in the back of my head. But because weight loss was always the focus, it never really crossed my mind to change my change my goals. But... I don't remember how that conversation went, but I do remember having the conversation of, hey, let's change gears and see how it goes. Yeah, I was just trying to recall it there. I think we we went like, let's just build calories up. So instead of going down, let's start incrementally climbing them up. And I think, what was the highest number we got to? Was it maybe about... Two, 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 seven? Two, seven or something like that, yeah. Which I was always over. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was over over two seven and the thing was like a lot of people a lot of women listen to this would be like fucking hell two seven like i would put on so much weight doing that but the thing is like your your body does adapt and yes you may put on weight but for yourself it was like right, okay and again if you use this phrase in the opposite way around it's maybe not the best way to use it but that food was being utilized as fuel and it was helping you get stronger mm-hmm. and it was helping you build tissue and as we go through that process, you build muscle tissue, you build, you put on a little bit of weight, you got stronger. So now what we're able to do is you've now built all this tissue. So the reason we're kind of doing this fat loss phase is for a couple of things. Like you want to lose a little bit of body fat before you, t- I don't know, maybe I'm going to out your age here. I'm sorry. Before you, t- <laughs> before you turn 30, um, you want to lose a little bit of body fat now for that. But at the same point, what will happen is because we've built all this muscle over this long period of a gaining phase, we're going to strip it back and we're going to actually now um, 
we're going to show how much muscle we've been able to build through this strength phase. And that's a pretty cool thing to think about. And also, you've just went and got a PB with your deadlift as we've stripped calories back. So it's not like you've become like dysfunctional and you're like, oh, God, I need food. Like you're still mega strong and still getting stronger. Yeah, that that blew my mind because one of my biggest fears was if I drop calories, is my strength going to drop? Because I think, yeah, I kept thinking, you know, obviously food equals fuel. And I thought, well, if I'm not putting as much fuel in, am I going to get as much out? But absolutely, that was the greatest day of my life. (laughs) Yeah, it was one of these ones where you kind of just like, I didn't even see it coming. I just jumped on Instagram and I was like, oh, here we go. There's a 110 uh, kilogram deadlift out of nowhere. Yeah, I've got to thank Katie for that one. Um, I'd... It was the first day I'd also repped a hundred and then she comes running over. Oh, what was that? I was like, oh, that's a hundred. She's like, for four. Yeah. She's like, right, we're putting 110 on here. I'm going to film it for you. It's going to be amazing. Like we are doing this. She hyped me so much. So thank you, Katie. That is, yeah, that's why that happened. Just having that's a little, that encouragement from, from someone else. Amazing. It's definitely sometimes needed um so like here's another question for you when it comes to like a subject like body dysmorphia now if from my point of view i was being if i'm being completely honest with everyone here i've been a pt for four years i've been working in this industry for probably a couple more than that i still suffer from body dysmorphia it doesn't matter how good a shape i'm in i will still look in the mirror at times and i will be like checking myself and i'll be like not in a vain sort of way i'll be a bit like oh ryan like you could be pulling off a little bit more body fat here what what's I mean that's just for me then just to basically prove that everyone suffers with it what's been your experience with that and do is it still something that you manage on a daily basis it's maybe not a, a daily basis anymore but there's definitely days where I look and I'm a bit oof like yeah you could be you could do with you know a bit more fat loss here but I think over you got to remind yourself you know, especially for for me with my menstrual cycle, where am I in my cycle? Is it just bloating? You know, there's so many factors at play that you got to keep reminding yourself, like, it's just like, it's just this one day. Tomorrow you could feel totally different. And just for me, I just keep reminding myself of that deadlift and the squat and my bench. Like, look, you couldn't do that if you were stick thinner again and barely eating like you're eating well you're training well and that is like greater than anything else like yeah yeah 100 it is difficult it's not an easy thing to get into but you get there i got there yeah i think it's it's just something that's a little bit unspoken and i reckon anyone that's ever been through like a I like to call it like the uninformed fat loss phase like the fat loss phase you do when you're younger or when you first mm-hmm. come into the fitness industry and you lose a little bit of body you use a lot of body fat and you've kind of just been taking inspiration off of people that are absolutely shredded off Instagram and it kind of makes you feel a little bit shitty about yourself I think mm-hmm. for me that's that's always lived with me and it's just been something that I've learned to control like I kind of need to almost like snap out of it and just give myself a little bit of a shake um, yeah. when I start doing things like like touching like parts of my body I'm like oh I've got a bit more body fat here than you start looking at my, my stomach and thinking I'm holding a little bit too much here I think it's definitely something that 
you learn to live with and learn to control. But I do think it affects more people than you actually think. Um, I think a yeah. lot of people do this on a daily basis. Yeah. And like bringing social media into it, I'm very careful about who I follow and what pages I actually interact with because I'm at a point now where I know what is going to make me feel shitty and I know what I want to look at that's going to just empower me and make me feel, you know, really good about myself. So I think about once a month I have like a social media cleanse and I just go through all the pages that I follow and I think, well, is that serving me? Is that actually doing me any good? You know, like the trainings you've done on it, like how do I feel when I see this this page's posts? Yeah. Do I feel good? Do I feel good, like shitty about it? Like, and then, yeah, once a month, that's what I do to make sure like my feed is just filled with things that I want to see that do make me feel good, that aren't going to make me question how yeah. I look, how I'm training, what I'm eating. I and think that's, that's been, Yeah, it's been a game changer for me. Absolutely. I think that would be like a prompt for anyone listening. Like if you are someone that gets triggered easily by people like influencers and stuff like that, like it's, it is a false kind of reality that they post most of them. Like again, a lot of people are getting better at it now. Like it's not, it's not something that is so widely spread, but like people that are like, you see it all the time. Like they're constantly on holiday, like tops off mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like still, some of these people are still editing their photos and yeah. I think when it comes to kind of like younger women now, um, there is just, there's so much pressure, pressure to look a particular way. And I, I was the same with young, young men as well. Like there's a pressure to look a particular way, but mm-hmm. you see when you're able to take away Instagram, like unfold these people, it's it's pretty empowering. Like you feel, you feel like, why did I ever worry about that shit? Yeah. Yeah. I'm also not wasting hours of my day scrolling through and just putting myself in that mood of just down yeah I just put the phone down and then I'll go have a walk listen to a podcast I'll have a nap I'll do things that actually benefit me more than sitting staring at that screen thinking why don't I look like that yeah I think there's a healthier version of it now it's maybe not quite it's maybe not healthy in general but like I'll now look at people's like run times and I'll look at people's lifts and I'll be like you fucking bastard you can run that fast or <laughs> you can lift that much and you're that much weight like like there's some incredible people on Instagram but and um, it's kind of just the same thing dressed up a little bit a little bit differently but definitely more healthier because at least yes. you know that's inspiration rather than like oh fuck I'm never gonna look like him yeah yeah so I know we kind of understand what your goals are for like the next year or so you've kind of got the the powerlifting meet that we're, we're going to do at some point is there anything else that you're aspiring to kind of do and I'm, I'm not just talking fitness and that is there anything in life that you're aspiring to do even with like your course or anything so I have no idea <laughs> I have no idea so I'm doing social sciences because it kind of just has everything in it that I'm interested in and there's so many different avenues to go down so I'm just seeing what happens. I know I'm interested in this stuff, so I'll just keep studying and I'll see where it ends up. Um, Possibly yeah. as a maybe like a, a serial killer enthusiast. Not a serial killer, a serial killer. <laughs> um, I don't know. I could, there's, there's loads of different avenues you could go down with that. Um, yeah, there, there is so many. <laughs> 
as I said to you, I've got a couple of questions. I'm just going to fire off the bat. And these are a little bit off the top of the head, just from what we've kind of been speaking about. So first question would be, and feel free to go as deep as you want with this. If there was a young woman coming into the, the program right now, what would your advice be to her? If you could give her one to three bits of advice. Oh God. On the spot. Wow. <clears throat> advice. Um, God, this is so difficult. Um, well, well done to her for picking such a fantastic coach and program. Um, I would tell her to, to listen and to take all the advice on board um, and really like focus on what it is she wants to do. You know, this isn't something you can half-ass. You know, if you've got a goal, use your whole ass and go for it. But yeah, um, if you get feedback, it's not criticism, it's not a negative view on what you're doing. It is constructive and it will help you get better. So take that time to listen and digest what you're being told and implement it and just watch yourself go. It'll be amazing. I think that's inspirational. Use your whole ass. <laughs> I'm going I'm to put that on a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> second question is this. Favourite favorite food? Favourite food for a... It's not a cheat day, it's a flexi day. Remember that. Oh, God. I got asked this at college the other day when we were doing icebreakers, and it took me like 15 minutes <laughs> to actually think because I thought, I just like food. Um, but I think pizza. Pizza's got to be the number one. And then yep. cheesecake. Nice. That's probably similar, very similar to mine's, if I'm being honest. Um, Favourite lift in the gym? Right, right now. now it's the deadlift. It is the deadlift, which is so weird because I used to despise them with a passion. <laughs> and the squat was my favourite, but now I've kind of like completely flipped that round. And it's the deadlift all the time. For now. <laughs> least favorite lift instantly i want to say bulgarian split squats yep that's popular <laughs> um here's one that you might not be able to answer straight off the bat if i could set you up at a table and with a dinner party with two people like famous not famous who would it be i actually had to do this at college as well <laughs> um, Oh, God. Is this one of those dead or alive situations? Dead or alive, anyone. Oh, my God. This is so difficult. Um, you know what? I listened to a podcast on Princess Diana the other day, and I just think it would be really interesting to hear royal life from her perspective. So I'd put her. Should we be able to blow a lot of dirt on them? Why yeah. would be the second? I have no idea. I'm going to say you just so you can have a nice meal. <laughs> Thank you. I'd love to meet Diana as well. That would be nice. I asked someone that the other time and they said Stalin and Mussolini. I was like, wow, two of the oh, most right. um, notorious dictators in the world. I suppose that would be an interesting conversation. Yeah, that, would, that would be interesting. I wrote um, Jeremy Kyle on my list as well. 
just because I want that show back. I'm such a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cancelled, isn't it? Like most things nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now, Rachel, thank you for um, jumping on the podcast. We're obviously restricted to 40 minutes just now, but I'm sure we could have we could have went on a little bit longer. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, much appreciated. And I'll see you in just over an hour and a bit for the PT session. Excellent. Thank you for having me again. Not a problem. I'll catch you in a bit. Let's see you soon. See ya. Bye.